What is good, everybody? My name is Will, and welcome to this episode two of Show Your Stripes. I'm here with Allie, as always. You can go ahead and say hi. Hi, guys. Hope you guys are all doing great. And, um, obviously, we pl- the Tigers played two today, and we're going to go ahead and recap both games. I'm calling this a tale of two offenses because, quite frankly, you could t- both teams look completely different in both games. And I'm gonna, and we're probably gonna be more frustrated than the second one, so you're gonna want to stay tuned for that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was not the second game was not fun, but the first one was. Yes, we got a good um, and a bad for today. Like we, I remember, I think we talked about it yesterday, thinking that we it was gonna be a split today. So, yeah, I I put my expectations in that we were not going to sweep because I think we've played like it's what like our fifth or sixth doubleheader, and we've only swept one. Yeah, it's definitely a very on par of the tale of two offenses, that's for sure. So, yeah, the first game, obviously, the Tigers won 7-2 to two over the Oakland A's at the dumpster fire of a coliseum that they got over there. And I'll go ahead and go over some of the highlights here, and we'll start talking about it. We got um, Riley Green went 2-for-5 with an RBI. Uh, Robbie Grossman was the, as I would say, would be the player of the game. Had two doubles, three RBIs, and um, he really carried the offense. It was him and Baez who really carried the offense. Baez was three for five. Um, Candelario had a had a, I believe, it was a solo shot in the seventh inning. And um, yeah, a lot of clutch hitting in the game. And Scooble was back to his old self, and it was really relieving to see something out of him, which is what I want to go into now, because, I mean, it was it was a sigh of relief for me to see him actually pitch effectively today. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, after so many rough starts, especially after the beginning of our season when we were, when he was really dominating at the mound, it was very nice to see him going back to that and having such a good um, start. The only thing that really sucked about the start was obviously our one error that we had today during that game. Yeah. Which it, which um I would have been more harsh on that to be honest now, but the error or the the run was originally charged as an earned run and a on a basically it was a pop up to Candelario who he dropped it in the middle of the infield because of the sun. And it was originally ruled it was ruled a hit and it still was, but the run was not charged to Scooble, and it originally was, which not only upset me, I know it upset you, but and it yeah. upset most of the fan base, because... It, def- it wasn't on him at all. It really has and it's not the first time that we've had this conversation. I know that, um, I think back in KC a couple months ago, there was an error, a couple errors that were charged that that should have been charged as errors, that they were ruled as hits. And that hurt Scooble's ERA, which at the time was, I believe, in the low twos to upper ones. Yeah. And that really was ridiculous at that point on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, I mean, to be fair, his ERA now is 3.8, and that probably wouldn't have affected him in the long run just to have the one on his resume today. But it uh, it really annoyed me because it makes you wonder what kind of uh, what kind of buffoon is up there. Uh, Colin scores. Is he obvi- is he biased or anything? 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I definitely, it was, I mean, besides that factor, it was definitely nice to see Scooble actually controlling his pitches and actually dominating more on the mound compared. I didn't really, especially on Twitter, I wasn't really saying much about it at that point, but it definitely seemed like he was having a way better start even than the last two when he, like the last two starts I'd say he's had have been better than the, he went on that like four or five game start where they were just awful. So I definitely think this has been his best one in a while. So it was the first time since, um, since June 7th, my mom's birthday, I might add, which where he scored, where he registered nine more, nine strikeouts or more. And in the month of May, he did it twice. So yeah, he definitely was dominating with the strikeouts today. For sure. And the two hits, and both of them were cheap ones. He he really did not give up any hard contact at all today. No. He was it, he was back to, I would say, probably May Scooble in terms of the way he was effective on the mound today. And, yes, and, and it's definitely something we need, especially with um, Brisky being placed on the IL today, too. Yeah, there was a flurry of in, of in, um, of roster moves this morning, and I'll probably say like break off a segment later into this where we will go over all of those. Yeah, because there was so many, it's kind of it'd be hard to just remember them off the top of my head. But but it it was um, relieving, and hopefully that we can he can continue that and take it on to I would believe he would probably pitch either against the Padres or it would be, I believe, against the Blue Jays next week in Toronto. Yeah. But um, I'm going to be real quick on the offense because it was, um, like I said, it was actually kind of decent today, which I even said this morning on Twitter, it, um, I said this probably had to be the worst lineup on paper that we had ever thrown out there. Yeah, I remember saying that. And then – they somehow managed to score seven runs today, which is a very on-par thing for them. But I definitely was a little hesitant with our lineup this morning when that came out. So them being able to manage as many hits and runs that they got today is definitely, it was definitely surprising, to to say the least. Yeah, I want to also go ahead and shout out Teresa, uh, because she went ahead and proved me wrong. She said, said, oh, we're going to get six runs and... uh, with this offense in and, and I was like I'm thinking to myself, no, there's no way. Not it's not gonna happen. This I've seen this movie too many times. And and she go and it goes up and it ages like fine wine. And I was I'm gonna go ahead and say real quick, we were actually talking in the ninth inning and she said, We don't I don't want to score another one. I want this just to stick as it was <laughs> And obviously they scored two in the ninth and that made me a little upset because it would have been hilarious if that had aged the way it did. Oh, yeah, completely. I definitely, I mean, going, I definitely was just very shocked watching today with the offense. Like, I mean, they actually looked pretty decent. We definitely were getting offense that we were seeing more when we had that six-game win streak um, like two weeks ago compared to the games that we were seeing right before the All-Star break. So. The only thing that I would say was concerning about it was it was mostly the top five guys in the lineup that were producing. And, like, other than Candelario, six through uh, – what would it be? Six through nine in the lineup was 
a came let's see a combined would be let's see I don't know it would be something like I think oh the, literally Candelario is the only guy in the bottom bottom like half of the lineup who got any on yeah any hits yeah I know it kind of rambled on there a little bit but. But, like, Lily Castro, 0 for 5. Cody Clemens, 0 for 3. Victor Reyes pinch hit for him. He went 0 for 1. Harold Castro didn't get an at-bat. Candelario yeah. was 2 for 4. But, and then Zach Short, his return back, was 0 for 3. But he did walk. Yeah. It shocks me a little bit with Cody, to be honest. Because I know over the past, uh, his stint in Toledo, he was doing fairly well with his hits. And I think he had a couple of home runs as well. So, honestly, I was expecting him coming back a little bit more out of his offense, to be honest. I mean, I'm glad they put him back at first base. I feel he – I think he played a little bit more off first base than some of our other um, players on the team. So, I definitely think that was a good move for today. But – yeah, I mean, I agree completely. I mean, there was a, there's been like a gap of, obviously there's a gap between hitting in the AAA and in the major leagues, but yes. it's kind of been shocking with like Clemens, even Badu, I think is like two for 25 since coming up from the major leagues and everyone's been complaining about it, which I think is a little unnecessary. Yeah. You got to give them some time to adjust to the major league pitching. But, um, but yeah, it's been con- kind of concerning with the amount of guys like Zach Short today, Cody Clemens, and I believe even Badu in the second game wasn't even that good. Um, but they'll they'll figure it out. I I know they will. Hopefully, yeah. um, the offense can get that spark out of them because I know Toledo they hey have a high flying offense down there. Oh yeah, kind of hard to believe, but um, <laughs> I think we've said. A lot about the first game, which, I mean, there's not a lot to say when you're happy with the team performing. I mean, the bullpen was solid. I mean, only only Lang gave up the solo shot in the – would have been the seventh inning. But – and then the offense came back and um, there was really no issues in that first game, to be honest with me, or with you. No, I agree. It definitely was – and actually a nice game to sit down and watch. It was nice not screaming at the TV every five minutes, so. And now we have to talk about the the bad game, which yes. I know this will probably take up most of the pod because it was frustrating to watch that one. The second yes. game, uh, which started, I believe, only 30 minutes after the first one, Tigers lose 5 to nothing to the Oakland A's in our shutout for the 14th time this season. Mind Which, you, we had a total of nine shutouts last season. So and, we're and another stat that I wanted to bring up: the Tigers officially lose five of seven to the Oakland A's, the worst team in the, in the American League by a country mile, and a team that only spent, I believe, something like two million dollars on free agents this season. Yeah, that was. The whole team was, I mean, the Garrett Hill, like I said, was not terrible. He was, uh, he went, let's see, Garrett Hill, he went five innings, five hits, three runs, all earned, and they were all in the sixth. He did not record out in the sixth inning, walked two, struck out four, and he took the loss. Um, 
like I said, he was effective for the first five innings of the game. I believe uh, he – let me see here. I don't even think he um, – let's see. He he was cruising through the first five. I'll say that. Compared but, to his second start, it definitely was a lot better, and it was looking a lot more similar to his first start on July 4th. So. Yeah, it was, it was basically the opposite of the fir- of his second start. He had a good start, but had a bad end as compared to the last start in uh, Chicago, where he had a bad start and a good end of the uh, uh, get into the outing. Yeah, up until that last inning with the solo shot with or the three run homer. I mean, he was actually looking really good on the mound. So I think that is definitely one positive we can take out of the second game. But that is probably one of the only from this. I mean, we completely had a separate offense from our first game, so yeah. And I thought, like I said, we I said in the before that um I thought this were the offense for the first game. The lineup was terrible. I thought, and they proved me wrong. And I thought, oh, I said, oh, I thought this lineup was way better, and they proved me right, or they proved me wrong again, and was completely awful. Only four Tigers got hits, and they were all meaningless. I believe there was one. There was one. There was only one extra base hit in the entire game, and that was a Harold Castro double. And all the other hits were meaningless singles by Jonathan Scope, uh, Jamer Candelario, and Tucker Barnhart. Which, whenever Tucker Barnhart gets on base, I'm going to say this: it's usually meaningless. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and go on a little bit of a mini tangent here real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, you're good. Tucker Barnhart has been I, – I feel like he's – the criticism has not been there for him. He should be criticized because we thought he would be a guy – I know he's been a gold glove quality ca- catcher back there, but he should not be getting as much playoff playing time as he is. He's hitting 209 with a 513 OPS. And I believe there was like a stretch. Let's, I'm going to look at his game logs here. Let's see. In the month of June, he had 39 at-bats, had 7 hits. In the month of July, he has had 27 at-bats, 5 hits. And in the month of May, he where he was basically starting every day, he had 69 at-bats and only mustered 13 hits. He has no home runs. The only extra base hits he've had, he've had are doubles, and there've only been there've only been uh, six of those. He's been basically a liability behind the or been a liability in the batter's box, and nobody wants to talk about it because they don't because, like I said, he never gets on base, so nobody ever notices that he's there. I mean, I didn't even, like, realize how low his stats were. That's honestly, like, I mean, I never really have paid attention to that as much. So you bringing that up really does show it. Yeah, That's he, crazy. Yeah, he, um, I like Tucker Barnhart, the person, but, like, he is not, he, and I know he's a good player behind the plate and can call hell of a game. But, like, like I said, his bat is a massive liability. When you yeah. When we brought him in, we thought, oh, he's going to be, like, the catcher that's going to save this franchise or something like that. And that everyone's saying, oh, Al Fleece the Reds. 
when in reality it was probably the Reds just starting that fire sale they had down there and Al wanted a a catcher to replace uh, Jake Rogers for the time being. Yeah. I mean, so. I don't want, I don't like being that honest, but like, Tucker Barnhart needs, I, I don't know what he needs, like, he needs something to get his bat, and put, like, I, I'm gonna say this, there's another side I didn't bring up, it's July 21st, he has 9 RBI, from a starting catcher. Yeah, that's, like, that's insane, especially with when you add that up, that's like, probably around, what, 120 at-bats. To have nine RBI is ridiculous. I mean, we're halfway through the season. There is no reason it should be that low. I mean, we obviously don't have... We have the lowest number of runs scored in all of MLB right now, but there is still no reason that something shouldn't be getting changed with or trying to get fixed with that at-bat because... It's obviously not getting any better. Like, in comparison, Tucker Barnhart has played, has had uh, 12 more at twelve more at bats than Eric Haas. Eric Haas has had 160 at bats, yet he has more than, almost, he has double the RBIs, has seven home runs, a triple, and more doubles than him, and he's played in less games. <sighs> I know that Eric Haas was like is gonna he's not had as like as good of a year as he did last year, but he needs to play every day. I don't yeah, care no. that Tucker Barnhart can can uh can uh pl- catch back there and be a Gold Glove to quality catcher. He just does not. He is not a major league quality bat. I'm sorry. No, if we need more of that offense, like that's the one thing we have struggled with the most this season. So if anything. I mean, Eric Haas needs more. We He needs to be playing more. He needs more at-bats. We need more of his offense compared to Barnhart's because it's obvious we're still highly lacking in our offense this season. So he, he, Eric Haas has only played in 58 games, and he is tied for second in the team lead for home runs. That that's is, crazy. That's insane. But, um... I'm going to go ahead and go, let's go back to the game, or the the train wreck, I should say. Um, I mean, we had, what, a pitcher's duel through the first, basically until that home run in the fifth? Yeah, Sean Manaya or, or no, Frankie Montas was, he only went three innings, but he did, he was, like, dominant on the mound. He only allowed two hits, walked one, struck out five, and then the, the A's bullpen really just did not do did not allow us to do anything else like I'm not even kidding here only the A's put up five relievers actually six relievers no no five I'm sorry they threw five relievers out there and only AJ Puck allowed a hit and he allowed two it was their a bullpen was yeah their bullpen was definitely on top of it, way more than it was our first game against them. It was like the the change in jerseys that the A's put out there <laughs> was like it basically created a completely different team. Because you've got Sean Murphy hitting hit uh, three RBIs on a three run home run in the fifth inning that broke it open, and I knew right then and there, and I know probably you thought the same thing that the game was over because the offense was 
legitimately non-existent in this game. Oh, yeah. Unless we score a run within the first three innings, it definitely feels like it's a sh- there. It's a very low chance that we're going to be able to catch up and win that game. I mean, we we have done it, but it's a very low chance. So it's definitely. I mean, it's really good. Like when you see when we see those runs coming in. I mean, until the fifth inning, it really could have been anyone's game with the pitchers' duel going on. But after that home run, it definitely. It was harder to even think that we were going to be able to catch up with that, especially with the way the offense had been up until that point. Yeah, all the A's runs came in the sixth inning, and it felt like that inning went on forever because um, after after uh, Hill got bounced in the sixth, they brought in my personal hero, Andrew Chafin, and he had his worst outing of the season, albeit he only allowed one earned run. But uh, he went one inning, allowed three hits, two runs. Only the one was earned, struck out one. And I believe, and he also threw a ball in the dirt. And that earned, and that earned run that was unearned probably should have been on him anyway because it was not, it was on an error that was his own fault. And I believe that is the the second error by Andrew Chafin, which is it's rare to have a pitcher throw have multiple errors on a season. Yeah. So it definitely I with his I mean he's been doing fair like pretty great this season with coming in so today definitely it was a little rough to see that especially after like you know after those three runs I still really felt like hey we have a chance like they can like my optimism coming out with they have a chance they can do this but then after those two other runs came in that next inning it definitely or later that inning it definitely was harder to get stay in that positive mindset about it because I mean five you get to three runs and you're pretty much saying basically they're not going to win but you get to five runs and you're it's game over yeah um the team Tigers left six men on base 0 for 6 and runners in scoring position Tucker Barnhart I believe there was a rally a bit in the seventh inning and Tucker Barnhart on cue after I went off on him, grounded into a double play that ended that inning. Yeah. So, Tucker Barnhart just I he just is not a guy who can hit with runners on. That's that's okay. probably another way to put that run that rant into um a bit of a kind of like sugarcoat it. Yeah, and we've had that problem with a lot of um a lot of them this season with I feel we're leaving way too, there's just way too many people being left on base during these games and especially like our two I mean I base I think a lot of our runs today were scored or in the first game were scored with two outs already so I mean but it then you go into way. the second game you go into the second game and two outs you're done I mean no runs are coming in no one's on base and if they are they're getting left and it's usually they're basically on first base since we only had the one extra base hit. Yeah. Um, impatient at-bats were the key in this game, if you were the Tigers, apparently, because 12 strikeouts is compared to two walks, and those were be from the bats of Victor Reyes and Miguel Cabrera. And, um, like I said, it's been said multiple times before, we've never covered it as we just started this show, but 
there have been this was the fourteenth time this season the Tigers have been shut out and it's all too common and I I'm gonna say I think they're probably gonna have twenty shutouts by the end of this season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's that high. I mean we're we were at thirteen shutouts the first half of the season. So and I mean like it's absolutely ridiculous with the amount of shutouts that have happened this season. Like, and especially looking at those shutouts um, the, as many times, sorry, as we have stranded people on left bases loaded that could potentially have gotten us up into the game, got us going, and how many people we've left on base with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start that what I mentioned about Miggy being hit on a 3-0 pitch I kind of wanted to get into that because I know it's not that big of a deal in concept but I really wish that uh something was done about that because there were it was, a, it was on a 3-0 pitch Miguel Cabrera got hit in the hit in, I think I it was the, in, his, in his shin I think or it was, something like that I think it was the forearm yeah it was in the I forearm think- or something like that I'll put up the video on the YouTube the uh, YouTube version of this and I'll play it over the screen here but um I'm going to also pull it up here just so I can look at it cuz I was um out at Meyer at the time of this so I want to go ahead and um but it really just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I know the unwritten rules I've watched baseball enough to know what the unwritten rules are and if you cuz the 2-0 pitch they even said was up and in I I I just thought like, well, hey, I think if the two uh, O pitch was up and in, I don't know how that three O pitch was not intentional. Because I know we played this these guys a lot, and um, I know it's probably just a a take to just assume this, but like I felt like that was intentional. I mean, if you're down five, if you're up five nothing, and you're pitching inside to. A, a player of Miguel Cabrera's caliber. I mean, come I, on. You're pitching against Miggy. I mean, is it really... I I could definitely see it being as something intentionally happening, but I just... You don't intentionally hit Miggy. Like, that's just... Come on. It literally just felt like, at least to me... It was a hit. It was intentional, and I can't pull the video up as of now. But I'll, like I said, I'm going to link it when I make the video, when I uh, edit this in post. But it felt like to me that the A's were starting something that was not there. And I know it's probably just a bunch of accusations to just assume that. But like I said, come on, if you're pitching inside, and you're up five to nothing in the ninth inning, and you've got you've got uh, what was it, Jose Trevino on the mound who has a 6.35 ER, I feel like he was in there just to send a message that for something that was never never there. Because I was, I think I went to three of the games when we played in at Comerica against the A's back in May, and I did not see anything that would have caused any issue back then, as long as no. I'm aware of it. I don't think you could have said anything. No, I don't remember seeing anything, so I just, I, just I don't kinda, understand it. I didn't. It just didn't make any sense to me because, like, why would you pitch inside to that late in the game? It. I know he. I don't know if it had anything to do with command or anything because I don't know what the pitch was or anything like that. It just felt wrong to just 
plunk a guy when you're up 5 nothing like that. Yeah, definitely. But, um, okay, we're going to go ahead and, like I said, I'm going to move on to the other thing that has happened today. There was a bunch of roster transactions today. And once we're done with that, we'll probably go ahead and preview the series that'll be this weekend, which I don't know if uh, I might go to in those games. I'm not sure if you are. Um, I I don't think I'm going to any this weekend, but I definitely will be watching them. It will definitely be an interesting series coming up. So It's kind of weird. It's only a two-game set against the Twins, which I know why it's that way. It's because of the... Uh, the the lockout had I think had a washout and they had to make a game make an off day so that they could get back to Detroit. Yeah, but um, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely a little bit weird. I feel like we've had a lot of those this season though. But yeah, With, um, this this was the um, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. But yeah, so the the roster moves that were made. Um, first off, I'm going to go ahead and say it says Ronnie Garcia and Matt Manning were sent on rehab assignments, which I know Matt Manning was actually supposed to make. I don't think anybody noticed this. Nobody covered this either. Matt Manning was supposed to make a rehab assignment start for the Mud Hens on Sunday night against the, uh, was it the St. Paul Saints? And the game, and the, and I believe the Mud Hens came out to a one nothing lead and the game was suspended in the top of the first because Apparently, I think it rained for like 20 minutes, and the field was was a deemed unplayable. I'm putting finger quotes in the air, and that's especially considering the Twins were playing at the same time, and the yeah. game was spread there. So yeah, Matt Manning and Ronnie Garcia on rehab assignments. Drew Carlton was deemed outright. Not surprised nobody claimed him because he. Let's be honest, he sucks. Um. Cody, um, to yesterday, this was not covered at all. Uh, Tigers signed free agent right-handed pitcher Tim Holdgrafer to a minor league free agent contract. Who, who apparently was a, who was apparently last in the Royals system. I guess he was not. He might have been like an undrafted collegiate free agent or something. I'm not sure. Not yeah, a lot of info on that one. But yeah, all the ones today, Cody Clemens and Zach Short were called up from the Mud Hens today, which I knew Cody was probably going to come back up, but I was a little surprised to see Zach Short. Yeah, I know Will Vest had his baby today, so I know he went onto the paternity list yes, he did. today as well. And then um, Garrett Hill was called up as the 27th man, but I feel like he's probably going to stay. In, in the rotation for a little while. Definitely, um, especially after we had Frisky join the injured list. Which, so. that was the one that really shocked me, and I don't know if it shocked you, because... Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, I, they never said anything about it. It, it made me wonder, wow. like, what was going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of? Oh, yeah, because his last start was, like, his last start was good. So it definitely was very shocking. When I saw that tweet come out earlier, I was definitely very shocked about that one. So I'm really hoping it's only a few, he's only missing a few of his starts because he's finally starting to pick up and get going on the mound. So. Yeah, his last start, I believe, was on the 14th. I could be wrong. Let me see. Uh, 
I mean, at this point, I really feel like our injured list is basically mostly just our starting pitchers. So. Oh, no, it was it was not that one. It was I think it was back in Chicago because I know he was supposed to get like innings limits. That was what I was told. That's all we were told yeah. was that he was going to have inning limits put on him. But then he goes ahead and gets put on the injured list for right forearm soreness of all things. And then, and obviously Cisnero got activated today from the bereavement list, and then Will Vest got placed on the paternity list, which we knew that was going to happen regardless of what happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just proves that these the starting rotation is further in shambles. I'm not even sure how you can, like, put, like, the probables up for the next day at this point, because, you know, you never have a chance of the guy being healthy. Yeah, no, you never know. You never know if this our starting pitcher is going to be there or not. I mean, at this point, it's insane on how many of our starting pitchers have ended up on the aisle this season. And yeah, so, it's still a lot. I mean, our bullpen is dominating, so. Yeah, and nobody in the bullpen ever gets injured, it seems. It's just the starting rotation that gets hurt. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Um. So, yeah, looking forward to this weekend, um, the Tigers will take on a, a – there will be a five-game homestand that lasts from this Saturday, the 23rd, through Wednesday, the 27th. 27th. And looking at the probables in on Saturday's game, which is a 6-10 start on God Bless Valley Sports Detroit. God help me. I, I, I could go off on them at some point. I, know, I won't now, but – in the future, oh, yeah. I will be. I will go off on Valley Sports Detroit because, God, oh, yes. maybe we'll do that on a day where uh, we maybe like tomorrow or something when we have an off day. Yeah, too much to talk about with that one. Yep. So tomorrow on Saturday's game, it'll be Michael Pineda for the Tigers against a pitcher to be determined for the Twins, and. Obviously, you never know what game you're going to play against the Twins because I don't. Let me see if I can pull up what our stats are against them because those games have been kind of like a wash to me. It seems like, like I know how we played against like the Guardians and the White Sox, but it seems like I had not remembered how we played against the Twins. Let me see. I feel like it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. We've uh, we've been five. We've played. We've played 11 games against them. We are five. We have won five and lost six. So we've been okay against them, I guess. Yeah, it'll definitely. I mean, this weekend we'll see how that goes with it. I mean, it's really, at this point, it's a 50-50 shot if, if our offense shows up nowadays. So I feel like people will show up to the game on Saturday because they're giving away that uh, Miguel Cabrera 500 statue, which... Which, I don't even know how they call it a statue. It's literally just uh, the number 500 with a crown on it. I thought it... Yeah. When they announced that, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be like an action figure or something, but no. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I thought, too. But, um, yeah, that's how the game on Saturday is going to look. It should be an interesting one, because you never know what... Because after Pineda's last start, I don't think I can trust him at all anymore. Yeah, like, no. God help me, I, I don't... That game was... Horrendous. Yeah, just, I, I got the least. words for it. I mean, watching it in person, 
it, I can't even imagine. It was embarrassing, especially considering it was a hostile environment with all the Guardians fans there. Yeah. It was really painful. Like, I, I was sitting there with a straight face, and I'm like, I'm looking straight at, I'm like, is this what pain feels like? Because I feel like I'm not feeling anything anymore. And I mean, I really, with the, I mean, with that last series against, um, Cleveland, I was really expecting something different out of that, which I figured you were too, so. Yeah, I thought, because I even said, like, my dad, because we had swept them last time, I'm like, we're going to go into Cleveland, we're going to sweep them, obviously, which a lot of that was false hope-driven, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be that bad. But um, yeah. back to Sunday, we have another pitcher to be determined for the Twins against Drew Hutchison, my... uh the guy I love to hate, but has actually been kind of decent as of recent. So, if you never know, that game will be a 140 start because of the Peacock game at noon, which this week will be Cubs-Phillies. Um, so, yeah, 140 on Sunday, Tigers-Twins. Um, who knows who will take that one? I really have no idea, because that really is a crapshoot. Like, the stats speak for themselves. It really yeah. depends on who is pitching for the Twins before we can make any estimates. Yeah, I definitely feel it's a very it's it'll be interesting to see how that game goes for sure. And then obviously there's those three games in at home against the Padres, which I don't know how I'm going to judge those because a Padres te- the Padres really are just being carried by Machado right now. Obviously they don't mm-hmm. have Tatis left. They don't have Tatis back. Yeah. But um, I feel like a lot of people are going to show up at those games just to see Tatis, not to watch the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I know at least one person who is going to do that. I'm not going to name names, but if you're listening to this, you know who you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. It will, I definitely think that series, I'm very interested to see how that goes. I think then, this all, this homestead's either going to go pretty decent or it's going to be a complete mess, I feel like. I feel so. like it's going to be a bit of probably the the latter. As much as I'd love to be optimistic, it's you're going up against the second-best team in the NL West and the, te- the team that leads your division. It's not going to be not going to be like um, – not like that homestead where we played the Orioles for four games and swept them. And then that was yeah. when they started being good. But, um, yeah. so yeah, that really, um, there's not really much more I could say about the next homestand. I'm just hoping that we can take some games and possibly, uh, get a bit of a, get a winning streak going. I suppose it's too much to ask. Is that, I guess? As much, I am, I'm hoping tonight's offense was just a little bit of a, I hope we carry on the offense we had going the first game into these next games because we're definitely going to need it. Yeah, it it definitely would be um would be really helpful if the offense from the first game decided to show up in the games this weekend because you never know how many runs the Twins can put up, especially with uh, Byron Buxton and uh, yeah. and Correa, which hopefully he actually plays this time because I know he got COVID and chickened out the first time. He, uh, they were playing here. I wanted, to, I wanted to go see him and boo him because he didn't sign here. Which obviously that's my pettiness showing there. You know, I mean, it's 
Fair. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll just about... I mean, I think I've got one over everything I want to say for today's episode. I mean, uh, I know, Ali, you had mentioned it earlier. If you guys have any ideas, go ahead and just tweet at us. The uh, account the account we have, I believe, is at, at show you are stripes with, I believe, is it two or three S's? I'm, it's three S's. Yeah, it's three S's. I'm, I'm a little tipsy, guys. Just I'm going to be honest with you. That's probably why I got a little crazy at the end. But, uh... Yeah, so us your ideas. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, get some form of entertainment for you guys. And uh, tomorrow, like I said, maybe we will go off and... Maybe I'll go off and rant a little bit about Valley Sports if we record an episode tomorrow. We will uh, keep you guys updated. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You got any last words you want to say? Just thanks for listening and... I hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. Thanks, guys.